Morning, Ritz Hashem, we continue with our Shir and Chavis It's been, uh, I think it's been maybe three or four weeks since we did it. I think we're up, we're up to a new parak. So Ritz Hashem, we're going to start the 12th parak, the 12th parak, and then the 12th and the 13th parak. And Ritz Hashem, we uh, will finish the Sefer. So the parak is called Dvarim Achadim Bedvar Chasidus. You know, a few small things about the Indian of Chasidus. Viskashis Betorah Al Yodah, and how one is Makashir to the Indian of Torah through the concept of the Chasidus. That's what the Rebbe is going to talk about. He talks about more in the Shleishim Amarim. At the end of the Sefer, as they added on to the Sefer, those Mamarim are more, a little more deeper than the Sefer itself, a little more chesidus, in and, and more of a, in, in an open way there. He talks about Shabbos, talks about Torah, Tefillah, Nagunim, talks about a few different things over there. But over here he talks about a little bit, you know, in, in a short way, what the Indian of Torah is, and what the Indian of being Makasha to Torah is, what the Indian of chesidus is. So we'll, we'll see. It's the Kishmaka Perak, and we'll uh, it's a drop longer, but Mitzvah will read through it. It reads very, it reads very nicely, and Mitzvah will get to under, a greater understanding of what Torah is and how Ramakasha to the Indian of Torah, what the purpose of learning is, and a little bit what the Nichasidus is. Mitzvah will get to all that. So he says, I've already told you, We know, we've come to know through the past 11 prakim that a Yid, and especially a Bachar, especially a from from Bachar, is not a, is not a person who's Mugushim, like a Chaya Ubehema. Ber Yeruchniyasu, what we are is we're Ber Yeruchniyas. Ben Shemayim, Asher Nasnu Hashem Ba'aretz. We're a child of Shemayim, a child of heaven. That the Rishon placed in this world in order to be able to serve the purpose of Mimakadash Shem Shemayim. Ba'av Gufay, and even our Guf, like a Gufay Shar Brum Ema Gushamim Hu Zach Verachu. Even our body is not like the body of other creations. Rather, it's more pure. And more clean. It's a body which is capable, which is a proper keli, to be able to house the neshama. Right? The Baltanya writes at the beginning, that although we like to think of the difference between Klal Yusuf and the Umas Ailam is that we have a neshama and they don't have a neshama, the Baltanya writes is only part of the equation. The other part of the equation is like the PSS is telling us is that the guf of a yid is also different. Right? The Baltani says the neshama of a yid is obviously the chelik of the kaimi mal. That part of him is obviously different and only is found by a yid. But even even the nefesh of Bahami, which is what 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 allows a person to exist, pashan on a physical level, the thing that you know gives a person the ability to eat and to sleep and to drink and to be involved in anything which is natural and and part of his physical being. The same way an animal has natural instincts, human have natural instincts. Those instincts are also different between a yid and a guy. Right? The way the Baltani says is, uh, by yid it comes from the place which is called klipas noiga, which could be elevated, it could be dragged down, it's somewhere in between, it's not good, it's not bad, it's etzadas, toivira, it comes from something which is called gimel klipas atameis, it comes from something which is ba'asim, it sources tameis, and it doesn't have the ability to be elevated. So the source of something is also different. I just got into the discussion last night, my, uh, my wife wanted to know, her, she was by her, by her, uh, by her, Parents on Sunday, she went into, into Brooklyn on Sunday, and I have a brother-in-law who wanted to know. Like I have this akbada, it's a very strong akbada, but there's a meaning by chabad that they don't allow kids that they don't they don't put not not kosher animals near kids, which means not on the shirts and the clothing. They don't play with toys of animals that are not kosher. They stay away from all not kosher animals, especially when the children are, are you know are, are newborns. They keep away from it very very much. So I I, I heard this. I'm not chabad, but I heard this on Haga, and I spoke it out with somebody, and it's it sat very well with me. It, it was. It was even on my das very much this this concept of certain separation. I, I, I was talking to somebody recently. And he told me that there's there's a there's a TV show like little kid. I don't know. It's like a YouTube channel of little kids with a pig. And he said like his kid's very very into it, and his kid goes to sleep every night holding the pig. So I was like, the kid goes to sleep every night from little kid from little kid. who's was a mitzvah. I'm going to be learning Torah as a bris already. Goes to sleep every night hugging a pig. I said that everybody I think could be masking that. That's already like. It's already maybe perhaps, you know, pushing the lines. You say, yeah, yeah, that maybe felt a little uncomfortable. The Chabad the Makbid, all not kosher animals, right? So my kids only have giraffes and sheep. 
A lot of drafts and sheep in the house. Uh, even the pacifiers that have animals coming down. There's drafts and the sheep. They sleep. My daughter has like three drafts and like two sheep in her thing. She has a llama, which I think we thought was a sheep maybe. But other than that, that's in the... So my brother wanted to know, like, like there's no, there's no makar for this. Right, you're not allowed to eat it. Fine. You're not allowed to eat a pig. You're not allowed to eat an akosha animal. You're not allowed to eat a teddy bear. Yeah, you can't eat a beer. But what's wrong with that? So I said, you have to understand, this is, you know, getting off topic here, but it's the same thing. The makar of a teddy, uh, the makar of, not a teddy bear, of a beer, and the makar of a sheep comes from a very different place. The Baal writes very clearly, and this is based on the Zerika, just that the makar of a sheep comes from something which is called klipas naigat. has the ability to eat to be elevated. A yid eats it, a yid eats it, and makes a bracha, and his makar that there's a in the world, when he eats the sheep, he elevates the, the, the netzaitis of kedush inside of the sheep, and that sheep is now brought to its proper to its proper ticken and has its, its it, you know it, it elevates itself from where it was klipas naiga to becoming something which is kaddish. He eats a piece of meat and then goes out and learns your davin. So that's elevated. He elevated the piece of meat, the chias that he got from that piece of meat becomes elevated. When it comes to when it comes to behemoths which are tameis, they their source not just are you allowed to eat them or not. The source of where they're able to be created, where they're able to exist, comes from a different place. Comes from something which is called gimel klipas tameis and it can't be elevated. A yid who eats. A, a, not, a not kosher piece of, you know, piece of animal, Khalilo. And then goes ahead and learns your davens with the kaychas and the chiyas that they got from that. So the Torah and the, the, the tefillah that they did is, you know, no one's taking that away from them, but they don't have the ability to elevate the, the food that they ate, which means if you eat kosher food and then go ahead and daven with the kaychas, you do it. Not only are you davening, you're also elevating the food that you ate two hours ago, which gave you the kaychas to daven, and you're bringing that to its proper ticket. When it comes to not kosher animals, even if you use that kaychas, you don't elevate it. It still stays its... Right, the Baltani writes it's called, they're called Isser. Isser comes from the Russian of tied up. Like Matras Surim. Isser means it's tied up. You can't, you can't elevate it by eating it, by being involved in it. You can't touch it. It's something which you need to stay away from and fakir. That's the way it gets its ticket by staying away from it. But you have to stay away from it completely. So, uh, again, we're getting off topic, but just the guf of a yid is also different. The, the, the guf of a yid is not the same as the guf of a guy. And the Sham of a yid, we all understand is different. But what the Pizza is telling us, what the Baltani tells us, and Again, this goes all the way back to the Zerika, this is that it's Pasha, that the guf of a yid needs to be different. It's a keli which is able to house the neshama, and the mele, we're different in terms of our neshama, and we're also different in, we're also different in terms of our guf, the makar and kedusha comes from a totally different place than the guf of a guy. We also get involved in Gashmias. Since Chet Adam Arishin, it becomes very difficult to differentiate on the external the difference between a Yid and a guy. We look, we look the same outside, okay? We dress differently. We may have certain characteristics that are based on, you know, where we come from. But at the end of the day, we look the same as everybody else. So much so that a person doesn't have the ability to be makar himself. And he loses the recognition of the tremendous that's The What is the ikra is to be ma'ira the nefesh, to recognize that the nefesh is there, and be yagbarenu, make it make it become a giver, make it uh, conquer the guf. And then you'll be able to turn around that your body itself, the guf itself, will now become something which has kedusha and is no longer just there in a way battling the battling the neshama. But if your neshama is, uh, you know, rides over the guf and the neshama is shaylet over the guf, the mayach shaylet over the lev, then memela, what happens is that the guf itself now becomes a skadesh and the guf becomes, you know, becomes elevated to a different place. It's one of the reasons why. You know, by Kivir Tzadikim, there's such an Indian of going to Kivir Tzadikim, aside from the fact that there's obviously a Chelk of the Neshama, which, you know, dwells by the Kever of the Tzadik, but the Guf of the Tzadik is also Kaddish. All right, I think it's one of, one of the Rishayim already bring this down. I remember which, 
One of the Shannon already bring down, he's talking about, he's talking about going to Kivar Tzadikim. He says that the same way you find that a Makam Amikdash still retains its Kedusha, even if the, even if the Mikdash is not there, because the place was utilized for something which is, which is Kaddish. So the body, of, the body of a Tzadik was also used for something which is Kaddish. It was the vehicle which allowed his Neshama to be able to serve its purpose in this world. The Neshama alone can't do anything. The Neshama alone is limited. The Neshama alone up there in Shemayim is, can't, can't do much. The Neshama comes down, it's put into a guf. Rabbi Chazal give a mashal of an Iver and a Pesach, someone who's blind and someone who can't walk, and they, they know they gather, they, they group up together to be able to get somewhere, to be able to do something. And then the king holds them both responsible. And the Neshama is amazing. The Neshama doesn't have legs to walk. And the, and the body is amazing, but it doesn't have eyes to see. And they get together, the, the guf and the Neshama, and the male, they're able to both serve the Ratzon Hashem properly. So male, when a person does that, he changes the guf into being a guf, which is Kaddish. So we spoke about how a person can be ma'uriz guf and ma'uriz neshama. They spoke at length in the past few program about how to be able to look at yourself with bigger, with bigger eyes, to be able to recognize what you're really capable of. To start worrying about yourself, to start thinking about yourself and taking responsibility, your, uh, responsibility for yourself. How to elevate your neshama to make sure that your guf is now subservient to neshama as opposed to Chalilah the other way. Avadalacha, he says, I want you to know Talmud Vasik, my beloved Talmud, she called Vreinu Elohim Rakim Tsoyim, but the whole Sefer is not, the Sefer is not a Sefer which is going to tell you what to do and how to do it and when to do it and where to do it. It's a Sefer which is, these are, this is a medium which you could use if you're interested in getting close to Hashem. The Ikarhu, Shetavad Achakach Ba'atzmacha, you can learn a safer and it can be intellectually stimulating and you can hear nice ideas that are you know, beautiful ideas, something you never heard of before. But if you don't take the ideas and make them into something practical, so then it's a safer. But you're not going to change as a person. Mashallah ish. He says, we'll give a mashal to a, to a person. Misalif, the person faints. Person never faints. They give them little drops, you know, this little smelling salts, and they wake the person up. The person's very weak. He hasn't eaten in two days. He, he faints. So they give him the smelling salts. They give him, you know, they, they, they give him the ability to be able to wake up. He wakes up. And now the, now the avayda is, okay, now eat something, drink something. Obviously very dehydrated. Maybe, you're, maybe you haven't eaten in two, three days. Maybe you're hungry. You, there's, some, there's a reason why that caused you to faint. You're too hot. Go into an air-conditioned room. Drink something. Eat something. Get your kaychas back so it doesn't happen again. The im yishtat rav if the guy's foolish enough to say these smelling salts had the ability to wake me up when I was when I was faint and when I was when I was you know when I wasn't conscious, for sure I'll be able to use them to be able to continue living, right? The guy says, well, so what do I need to work for? What do I need to eat for? What do I need to go to? Let me just hold the smelling salts with me constantly. I don't need the AC. I don't need the drinking. I don't need the eating. I don't need to be involved in anything else. Anytime I feel faint, I'll just smell the salts. Obviously, the person's a fool. Obviously, the person's not going to last very long. The salts have the ability to wake you up, and then you have to do something. Now that you're woken up, okay, now do something with the fact that you got, got back, you got back, you regained consciousness. Make sure that you don't slip into a state of subconsciousness again. The purpose of the Sefer is it's smelling salts. It's ma'ira you. It wakes you up. It shakes you awake and says, wait a second, what, what's really taking place? Okay, then go ahead and use the etzes that, that, that he's given to us over the past 12 prakim 
that's 11 prakim, and use them in a way that, okay, say, okay, I woke up, it was ma'urami, I had a service, now I want to do something because of that. As zakusecha bekirbacha targish, to feel the zakusecha, bekal davram edivrei terat fila u mitzvis, to spalma rishpe eisha kedusha, hamitz noitzis and baham bekirbacha, be mis'ur when a person's learning, a person's davening, avalem loy tavad, if you don't work, loy be midasecha. Then a person doesn't work to clean his midas, and to purify them. Not with your whole body. Avoid this Working and serving Hashem. Okay. Every time I'm feeling shvach, I learn you know another another I'll hear something which is ma'irami. I'll hear another minute of inspiration. That's nice, but but that's not going to get you anywhere, right? You know, there's there's. You know, many of these clips that go around, right? So what's it called, like the, the meaningful minute, right? They're amazing, but it, it's, the point is not that okay, I had a meaningful minute and now I go back to the regular life. Hopefully the point is, and I imagine that this is the kavan of the people that are putting them out, is it's supposed to be you, and then it gets you to the place that you say, okay, now I wanna, now I wanna do something with the fact that they avoida. Oh, and I went on this, this, this thing with, uh, with Coach Menach on this podcast, I was schmoozing with the guy who runs it after, Ashaparnas. So he said, you know, the point of, uh, the point of making these podcasts is not to answer people's questions and not to give everybody all the aces. The point is to, it, to start conversations. Then hopefully you bring up a topic and you talk about it and there's questions and answers. And then this follow-up conversation which takes place in people's homes and in shuls and in coffee rooms and over the breakfast table and people sit and they schmooze it over. We heard this idea, this idea did sit with us. We didn't like this. And then people can say, okay, now how do we take these ideas and bring them into Avaidah? But if it's just you know, meaningful, meaningful uh, you know, a minute and I, and I get inspired and then I don't do anything about it, so then I just, okay, now I need another minute of my Lachbidim in. Otherwise, you know, I'm feeling shvach. Let me watch a little bit more of my Lachbidim. But you have to do something with that. It wakes you up. It's a smelling source. You're feeling, you're feeling faint. And those are amazing to wake you up. And now you're woken up. Okay, now you wake up. Do something with the fact that you're awake and make sure that you do something. Right? I, I said over on Shul the Shabbos that, that uh, the, the Gemara, the Gemara Nazar, it's Gemara Nazar, and I think Gemara Nadarm as well. Gemara says a chim, it's a mission over there. The Gemara says a Chimina Tzadik never ate from any carbon chatos of any, of any Nazar. He said, I don't want to eat from any carbonus of any Nazar. They brought it in and he had the ability to eat from it. He said, he said I never touched any of them except for one. Gemara says, what was the story? The Gemara says there was a shepherd who came, in, who came into the base of Mikdash. He had long, beautiful hair. And Shimon Tzadik said, he said, you know, you're a Nazar. You made yourself a Nazar. Part of being a Nazar is you grow the hair and then you have to, sh- you have to shave the hair off. He says, why, you, why, why would you want to cut off such beautiful hair? So he said, I'll tell you the truth. He says, I was a shepherd. I was taking care of the sheep of my father. And I found myself by a river. You know, my sheep were drinking from the river. And as they were doing that, I saw, I gazed at my own reflection. And I had a tremendous guy. I think he says, Lashon of like, um, remember Lashon of the Gemara, that my Yetzirah was, 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 was grabbed a hold of me. Yetzirah grabbed a hold of me and I had gaiva. I said, wow, look how beautiful I am. It's the first time, you know, people don't have mirrors. I looked in, look at my reflection. I said, I'm gorgeous. I'm beautiful. I said, right away, I caught myself. And I said, I'm a Kabbalah I'm a, upon myself, Nazirus. That that way, I make sure that I recognize that all my beauties, they're abundant. I'm going to cut off my hair. I'm able to take everything back to its source. So Shimon Asadik said, wow. He said, there should be many, many more Nazirim like you. And I want to eat from your carbon. The Shailah, the Shailah, the Shailah, the Mepharshim deal with this, very Pasht, the Shailah is, the reason why Shimon HaTzadik didn't eat from any Karbanas, the Gemara explains over there in Adarim, in Nazar, I'm sorry, of Testament, Testament Beis, the Gemara says the reason why he didn't do it is because he was nervous the following, the following thing's going to happen. Somebody's going to be Makabal Nazir, Shleishim Yain. 20 days in, he's going to become Tameh. He has to bring a Karban. Now he's going to bring a Karban. He's going to have on the whole thing. He's say, listen, I have to bring the Karban, which costs me money, and then I have to start again the 30 days. And then I bring a car, mess up again. So he's nervous. The guy's going to come in, in the middle of the 20, 25th day. Or the guy's in a couple of years in his ears. And 11 months in, he becomes Tommy. He has to bring a car. But he says, the guy's going to have charata. The whole thing's going to be a mekech tais. He's never interested in being a nazir. The, the, the carbon's not a proper carbon. It's chulam ba'azara, so he didn't want to touch it. So frekt mafarshim. So what? Fine. This guy was an amazing person. He decided that he wanted to become a nazir, so he shouldn't be a bad guy. He could also have charata. How do you know that this guy's not going to have any more charata than the typical guy? So it's an unbelievable taich in the safer. It said that. 
there's a tremendous difference between a typical Nazar and this Nazar. The regular Nazar, what happens is, is he sees the sight of a kakulai. It doesn't have to mean just the sight of a kakula, but he sees, he sees what's taking place in society. He sees how low society has fallen. And he says, I need to stay away from those terrible things. I need to stay away. He says, I'm staying away from wine. I'm staying away from tumma. I'm staying away from drawing my hair. I want to stay away from those things which are going to drag me down into the world of Gashmis because I see how terrible it can be when a person gets caught up in Gashmis. I see the sight of I see what happened to her. I want to stay away from that. When a person does that, all this iris is only coming mebachotz. There's no avoda that takes place mebafnim. You see something outside. Something outside got you, shook you up. And then you say, okay, so I have to do something about it. So you do something about it. But, but it began all external. It began outside. That's like the smelling salt. Somebody woke you up and he said, okay, whoa, now I'm awake. Okay, but, but the, but the avoda doesn't take place in the inside. I mean, okay, a person's yazar atzmini a week or two weeks later, a person got a chorot and said, like, okay, there was a moment of inspiration. There was no real avayda. I didn't really do anything about it. I just, in a flash of inspiration, I saw something powerful. I said, okay, I'm a kabbal nazirus. But it was, there was no real avayda that takes place. This nazir fakir, this nazir, Shimon HaTzadik saw, was alone in a field. He was by himself. There was nobody there. He was being mispoided with his sheep. There was nobody else there. And he, refle- he saw his own reflection. And he was on his own and said, I have to work on myself. I have to become a better person, not because something external was because I realize on my own that I'm, getting, I'm having gaiva inside of myself, not because of something external. When a person does real avoidal like that on the inside, Mamela Shemana Tzadik said, okay, this is, he's not going to have charata. This is something which is going to last. It's not just that he got inspired by something external. He worked on himself. He recognized and did something with the fact that he became inspired on his own and made real avoidal and real change. And Mamela, he knew it was going to be a lasting change. Even if you look at the Psukim, Psukim which talk about the avoidal the of the Levium. As opposed to the, when it counts the Levium, as opposed to when it counts regular regular part of Klai Yisrael, Parish by Midbar, but like when it counts Klai Yisrael, it says, Kol Hayoytzel Etzava, those who go out to fight, to fight, the, to fight the war. It says, Those that go out to fight war. When it, when it counts the Levium, it doesn't say Kol Hayoytzel, it says Kol Haba. There's a big difference in Yaitza and Ba. Yaitza means that you're going out. There's a war. Yaitza is waging a battle against you. You have to go ahead. You have to be on the defense. You have to, you have to you know, stand up and make sure that your territory is protected. Kol Haba, the mile of a Levi, is that he's the one that's, he's on the offense. He's the one that's being proactive and not reactive. So reactive means, okay, I, I got Messiah refined, so I'll do something about it. You know, Proactive means I want to be like a Levi. I want to go ahead and show up to the war before the Yetzara gets there and be on the offense as opposed to the defense. And that's, uh, you know, what the BSS is telling us is you, you learn to say, friend, it's Ma'ariu, but, but if there's no real avoid that takes place me, but Fnim, if nothing really happens to you, it's okay. It's smelling salts and you feel shvachs, you open up the Chavis of Talmudim again and you read another page, that's not going to do something to you. It needs to be that there's real avoid which takes place. And Mamela, it's, it's the smelling salts which wake you up. It's the meaningful, you know, clips that wake you up but then do something about it. Then say, okay, now I want to figure out how I can take the, this, this inspiration that I got and do something about the fact that I have it. That's what he says. He says, he says, if you only were lying on these, it's iris, you like the, you like the person who fainted. You want, who wants to satiate his body with these tipas. It's a cold tablet. You're going to lose everything. But he said, I'm confident in you. He said, I know you. I've been spending the past 11 prakim with you. I have confidence in you. And I know that you're not just here to be able to take everything and just, you know, run away with it. You're not going to do this in one shot to just make, you know, one rash Kabbalah and hope that that lasts the rest of your life. Slowly but surely, as we spoke at length in the, the last parak, and with that, you've already started to become a chassid. And then we'll go on to Rishon next week. He'll define what a chassid is, or 
I'll say that he can't really define what a chassid is, which we'll get to that next week. But that's the Ikra, the Ikra Avoida is to be Masara and Avada, we need those, we need those clips and we need those schmooze and we need those things external because sometimes we're taka faint, we're taka fainting and we're taka, we're taka sleeping on the floor. We need something to wake us up, but the Ikra Avoida is not to just be constantly woken up again and again and again and fall back asleep, but to do something. You're awake, can I do something with the fact that you're awake? Don't keep hitting snooze and then just expect the alarm clock to keep going off every five minutes. If you don't get out of bed, then the alarm clock is, you know, pretty pointless. Okay. Uh.